Morning. First thing Friday so time for fix. My weekly newsletter. This is the audio version, made with Amazon Polly and a synthetic voice. You can read the original with all the links at addictivelondon.com. Fix Insider December 9th. An interesting week in Newt, with lots of content and thinking shared at various events. For all the interest and the energy of the emerging firms looking to shape this space, it's still dominated by a handful of key players. As this chart from a good Spark 90 report shows GAFA are dominant. Well except for Facebook, who the FT say make more money from video ads than any other broadcaster. Masalski's warns that online and TV companies are now competing for the same dollars, with Facebook now making more money from video-based advertising than any broadcaster does. As I have pointed out over the years, they don't play in newt and are now likely to watch lots of their video ad revenue migrate to a sector where they have no presence. The window to buy someone like Roku would seem to have closed, due to regulatory scrutiny. You can debate whether the focus on metaverse is a good strategy, but it's hard to disagree that missing out on newt is an expensive strategic fail. Made even harder to understand by the fact that Netflix CEO Reed Hastings sat on the Facebook board. The new Netflix head of ads was in London this week and interviewed by Fix friend Dave Morgan, telling the audience about innovation on the way. The way that we launched the business is not representative of what we want the future of the business to be. It's just been so quick that we wanted to ensure that we had the most standard units and that we are getting into the standard measurement business. I think we have a really big opportunity to be that middle, between linear and connected TV. Disney are not far behind with their ad launch, TechCrunch has the details, and analyst Rich Greenfield highlighted the enthusiasm of ad buyers. Advertisers are dying for new inventory. As consumers are watching less linear TV, the thing you're hearing from ad buyers is we need to get to connected TVs. We need to reach younger people. But the problem facing all the streaming players is churn, no one likes to talk about it. But the metric is crucial with new data showing the average is 5.3% with Netflix the best performer at just 3.3% and Disney second at 4.2%. But that Netflix figure is a massive 66% increase on their previous churn figure. The data is volatile, Apple and Peacock saw small improvements while HBO fell by 34% to 5.9%. Programming is clearly a factor here, with people singing up to watch a new show then dropping off afterwards. Given how expensive acquiring users is, the churn figures show how expensive standing still is, let alone growing. Does this volatility explain why Netflix flatlining on subscriber growth? Despite lots of hot new shows and the successful return of franchises like Bridegarten, Ozark, and The Crown, growth has been anemic. Is the market saturated? Do people struggle to learn what's on and where it's on? Distribution is key and Warner putting HBO Max back on Amazon, after a year's absence, suggests people get this and I guess they accept that Amazon taking up to a third of ad inventory to sell is acceptable. Two-thirds of the cake is better than none. So the industry faces some big questions. The Roku 2023 predictions think 30% of Disney subscribers will switch to an ad-supported model. And because Disney+, Plus, Netflix, and the Roku channel, among other TV streaming services, have set at loads at a few minutes per hour to improve the streaming experience, we will see a new wave of experimentation in shorter ads and innovative formats. Whilst the Disney service offers simple bundles and AEXEC thinks they are inevitable. The hard bundles where companies today have distinct streaming services, they are going to wrap those into a single app at a lower price point, so it's more affordable to customers. It's also going to produce a much more favorable customer experience, because you'll have more content in one place to access on a single app, so you don't have to swap in and out, which has proven to be a frustration. The full A report is worth a look too, Top 5 Media and Entertainment Industry Trends to Watch in 2023
they are cautiously optimistic about cinema and as we pointed out last week Glass Onion is being watched carefully. As Blomberg put it Hollywood wants you back in theaters, whether you want to or not. Amazon are playing their part, with a plan to spend $1 billion on movies for theatrical release, about one a month. With a change in leadership on the global media and entertainment division at Amazon should we expect any changes in direction? New Channel 4 funding talks suggest end of privatization plan. Sky to charge streaming viewers to skip ads, £5 a month for the ability to fast-forward ads. Myth-busting the analytics journey, Netflix tech, blog. Is sports the next big thing in streaming? Deloitte asked the question. Merchant. I was invited to the Tesco Dunhumby Upfront event this week. Very impressive event which emphasized the potential of merchant media. They have run campaigns with almost 500 brands, and handed out a number of awards for innovative campaigns. The audience was primarily brand people, with some of the agencies taking this area seriously also attending. Lots coming down the pipeline, with new formats in store and online plus partnerships with ITV, Trade Desk and others. It's real folks. What are you waiting for? Some other work looking at global players added to this emphasis. A colleague was talking to a Turkish retailer poised to launch retail media and I was reminded of a fairly recent conversation with a senior exec at Mercado Lever, who have ran ads for years but now have super ambitious plans around content too. There is lots going on in Australia. Cartology are part of the Woolworth Group, a major grocery retailer, but no pick and mix last time I was there, and the major player in a fast-growing market. It's a market that looks Western, but has its own dynamic, and they debate brand versus performance related to retail media too. In Asia things differ by market but super apps like Grow and Shopee offer similar opportunities. The Kroger-Albertson deal in the US is people wondering if it is really a retail media deal? So this global adoption is good, but with many CPGs operating all around the world I think we will see pressure from marketers for some standardization. I already hear some concern that UK players offer slightly different formats and KPIs etc. fold in Walmart, Mercado and Cartology etc., and we will, hopefully, see best practice emerge and be adopted by the smart players. Dunhumby shared good advice on the six pillars of retail media success. Akato puts brakes on expansion as online grocery demand eases, FT. AI Creative. Everyone is trying the latest AI tools and many are sharing their results. The witty crew look at Google Colab and Ben has a good list of tools using ChatGPT. Obviously lots of people thinking how these new tools can help with creative for ads, where you are rewarded for more ads, and Eric has a good take. I believe that the value that generative AI tools like Stable Diffusion bring to bear in the creative production process is realized less by replacing the mechanical human efforts related to asset creation, such as illustration, and more in obviating the risks that human biases present in determining which specific pieces of creative outperform others. Ads. Amongst all the talk of an ad slowdown it's worth listening to the people actually spending money. In its new report group say, We now believe that global advertising growth for 2022 will be 6.5%, excluding U.S. political advertising. Despite the headlines of negativity, we estimate the three-year compound annual growth rate for total advertising from 2019 to 2022 is at 8.8%, nearly identical to the 8.7% rate from 2016 to 2019. They also point out that large declines appear limited to select channels in select markets and that Google and Meta account for 47% of all advertising, outside China. European regulators are poised to deliver another blow to Meta. Meta has for years allowed users to opt out of personalizing ads based on data from other websites and apps. 
but it hasn't given any such option for ads based on data about user activity on its own platforms, such as which videos an Instagram user watches. If any significant portion of its users opts out of such targeting, Facebook and Instagram would end up with less information with which to build audiences for the personalized ads that analysts and people close to the company say make up the bulk of its revenue. Where can brands go? The programmatic world still worries some brands, Digiday are digging back into the search for transparency and programmatic, and where the friction is. Agencies. It's surprising that the agency world has been so slow to really lean into social. So it's good to see Publicis bring their Amsterdam company Boomerang to London. Our friends at House 337, the agency formerly known as Engine and Odd, see the opportunity too, launching native social and content last month. Talking with Nest, who are a pure play e-commerce agency combining media and creative, I wondered who they pitch against and it's apparently a real mix, sometimes a media agency and sometimes a creative shop. Combining all the skills feels like the smart move. It's worth reading this report from Nest, don't fall behind on brand, results beyond performance. If anyone is feeling complacent you should watch this Nestle presentation accelerating our data-driven digital transformation, lots of insight, including this quote from their ex-Google CMO. Of course, all this means that the way we are doing brand building is completely changing. Over the past five years we basically have seen a requirement of developing content which has been multiplied by 10. If you have seen on the video that we had on Nescafe in Thailand, we had to develop more than 250 assets for this personalization content. The way we have done this, obviously, is we are looking at our media investment going more and more online. We are going to close the year at 55%. We have set an objective by 2025 to be at 70%. We really need to make sure that all our assets are actually highly efficient and fit for use so we can get the best return on our investment. She goes on to share huge improvements in effectiveness. The full deck is here. The big CPG firms now get that things have changed and are rebuilding their partner ecology so they work with people that get it. TikTok. TikTok expected to escape the worst of the global ad slowdown, Financial Times. TikTok's Samar Rageb on full funnel commerce and why hashtag TikTok made me buy it, exchange, wire.com. Have you tried Pepsi and milk? On TikTok pilk is a thing. TikTok faces growing Republican backlash over security concerns, FT. Two great examples of R, a Snapchat lens for food shopping and a World Cup app from FIFA. Plus plus. 2023 TMT predictions, Deloitte Insights, lots of good stuff here. Our friends at Phospho on the state of e-commerce, Q4 2022. The email newsletter for the mogul set, The New Yorker. AWS reInvent 2022. Accelerating Innovation in Advertising and Marketing Technology. Really interesting presentation, no wonder some are asking will Amazon's AWS destroy ad text margins? Shine getting bad press, with The Guardian reporting Shine admits working hour breaches and the information complaining the fast fashion giant's new resale site doesn't make buying easy. But they have a Christmas shop in London. Gary Vaynerchuk's Web3 agency on what to watch in Web3.